What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of In the Nick of Time with your girl, Nikki, where time is something we should not waste, so let's get right into it. Last week, I talked about sexual immorality, and I, I didn't get to talk about everything that I wanted to talk about in last week's episode due to time, because I'm trying to cut my time short because it's just me talking, and I know no, no one wants to hear me talk for a long extended period of time. Now, <clears throat> when we talk about sexual immorality, I hear a lot of people say that this is my body. I control my body. I can do what I want with my body. When it comes to abortion and all of these issues that come up, you know, on a daily basis in our country. Now, I say that we deal with a lot of excuses. Now, when I first started this, talking about this, because the the, the theme now that I'm really pushing, well, what I'm really pushing, I'm not going to say theme. I'm saying church is not the answer. And I'm, I'm not telling anyone not to go to church, not to attend church service. I'm not saying that i'm dealing with the spiritual part of our lives and one part of that is sexual immorality now i came from first corinthians 10 and 13 which says no temptation has overtaken you except such as is coming to man but god is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it now when we use that scripture we use that scripture to talk about our trials and tribulations and things that we may go through in this life but if you read that scripture in this context you have to look at what paul said in verse 13 and what he said before that And I'm going to start at verse 6. Now these things became our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. And do not become idolaters as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Nor let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 fell. So, he's talking about the different things, the different temptations that are common to man. And the, the temptations that are common to man is idolatry, sexual immorality. And sexual immorality is a sin. Whether we're talking about adultery, whether we're talking about homosexuality, whether we're talking about sex before marriage. And I hit a little bit last week on sex before marriage. And I think I'm going to stay there a little bit. And I posed this question to my listeners to begin this episode. What are the wages of sin? The wages of sin is death. Now, 
let's start with the temptation that we we deal with on a daily basis like idolatry but what i'm talking about today let's deal with the temptations of sexual immorality and a lot of people may say that sex is just a pleasurable moment and i talked a little bit about that last week some people say marriage is just a piece of paper i'll get into that later because that is not true here's the thing i'm not the the one that you are rejecting when we talk about sexual immorality I'm not coming from something that I think, something that I believe. And and we sometimes shoot the messenger. Don't shoot the messenger. Don't don't say that I'm saying that you are wrong or I'm the one that's telling you that you need to stop. God is the one that matters and God God's word talks about this. Before we got to verse 13 of 1 Corinthians 10, he said, And do not become idolaters as were some of them, as it is written. The people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Lord, nor let us commit sexual immorality. This is coming from God's word. This is not coming from me. And I feel like a lot of times when when people speak on platforms, they're thinking that it's about them. I know this isn't about me. So I'm going to start out by just saying, I'm just the messenger. You don't have to believe what I say. You don't have to trust what I'm saying. You don't have to go go tell everybody, Nikki said this on her podcast. Whoever listens to my podcast, I don't want you to say that. This is what the Lord says. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom have received, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You're not your you can say Nikki said this. I didn't say this. I did not say this. This is this is scripture. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? 1 Corinthians 6 and 19. That's where that comes from. That's scripture. That's not me. That's not me telling you that you're damned to hell and that you 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 are. The worst person on the on the earth if you are indulging in these type of sins. Because we all fall short. And I know you love to hear us all say that. You know, we all fall short. But when someone is telling you, when someone is giving you information, Pertinent information. This is pertinent information. This is not our Google. This is not our Facebook. This is not our Instagram. This is not our YouTube. This is straight from 
the word of God. Because man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So you can you can say, don't listen to Nikki. Don't listen to no Christian who tells you this or that because everybody's doing it. So what that the preacher said that? So what that all Christians believe that? That's the world we live in. Now I just proved to you that your body, that God says your body is not your own. Your body does not belong to you to do with it what you want to do. Now I want you to do, do this for me. I want my listeners to do this for me. Think about if you were in the wild. Because the Bible likens the enemy to a, a roaring lion. Think about sexual immorality in that way. A, a, a young man tells a young woman he can't be with her unless she has unless she sleeps with him. A young woman is 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 being seductive, using her feminine wiles. So think about it like you're in 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 the wild, and and a lion is lurking and prowling, and it jumps out and it tears you to pieces. And I and I want to. I wanted to use Genesis 39 and 9, but I'll just give you a little recap of that because that's kind of dealing with adultery, but it's sexual immorality all wrapped up in it. The thing of it is, Joseph, the story of Joseph and Potiphar's wife, how when she got so aggressive that she tore his clothes off of him, but she kept his clothes when he ran away from her to try to prove to everyone that he tried to rape her and the reason why I'm telling that story because I said picture yourself in the wild in the jungle and you come across a lion that's that's how the, the enemy works it lurks around it it and 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 it continues to stalk its prey. And that's what the enemy is doing right now in, in, in this world. It's stalking its prey constantly. Because it makes everything look so enticing and so good. And once, once it grabs a hold of you and tears you to pieces, he's done. He's on to the next He's on to the next piece of dinner that he can find. I'll put it in that way. I want you to think about it that way. When a lion attacks his prey, that, that lion stalks the next piece of, 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 of prey that he, that he, that he wants. It doesn't stay there and, and admire its work. It feasts 
it gets its full and it goes on to the next person and the next person. And then that's what the enemy is doing. He's just, he's, he's tearing us apart piece by piece. Each prey that he stalks, he's tearing them apart. And he's hitting us in different ways. He's, he's hitting us with the, with the family dynamic. He's, he's attacking us where people don't believe they need to be married in order to engage in sexual intercourse. They don't believe that anymore. And the enemy has, he, he, he just continues to tear us apart. Because when someone comes with the truth, that person that is indulging in that is, is, is so caught up in doing the wrong that they, they tell you flat out, you cannot judge me. Basically, I can do what I want. But here's the thing. I cannot judge you. But if God can is the only one that can judge you, how is it that the only one that can judge you is against what you're doing and you say he's the only one that can judge you, but you still do wrong. Because Joseph told Potiphar's wife, Potiphar did not give you to me. He gave me everything in his household but you. And I will not sin against God. So, so when you're talking about sexual immorality... Premarital sex, when you're talking about adultery, when you're talking about just the lust of the flesh, period. If if God is the only one that can judge you, it's all over his word that that is wrong. And don't allow the enemy to tear you apart thinking that you can have soul ties to just anyone. Look at 1 Corinthians 7, 1 through 5. It says, Now concerning the matters about which you wrote, it is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman, but because of the temptation to sexual immorality. Each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. The husband should give to his wife her conjugal rights and likewise the wife to her husband. For the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. Likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Do not deprive one another, except perhaps by agreement for a limited time, that you may devote yourselves to prayer, for then come together again, so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Now, I want you to think about that. I want you to let that sink in. The last thing he said, Satan may not, so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. So, how can you have control over your own body when you lack self-control? Because if you had control, if you had self-control, you would know that, hey, I can go without pleasing man. I can live without pleasing man if he's trying to 
get me to do the wrong thing. That's self-control. I, I know that this is wrong. I don't have to do this because everybody else is doing it. That's self-control. What does God say? That's self-control. So when we're talking about self-control versus you thinking that you have control over your own body, like I said, I'm just telling you what the word of God says. That's what that's what I'm doing. So I I'm not damning you to hell. I'm just telling you what God says. So if you're going to say that you have control, think about it. How do you have control if you don't spend time with God where he can strengthen you and you will have self-control? So if I'm giving you proof, why do we need to have a, a back and forth argument? A constant, hey, you wrong, you can't judge me, you can't say this, you can't say that. God, God's word doesn't actually say you can't have uh you can't have an abortion. Uh God's word doesn't actually say you can't uh have sex before marriage. But God created marriage and he did it for a reason. God didn't create marriage for us to say. He, he didn't say marriage is for a specific person who just wants to do it. He gave us free will to make the right choices. He didn't give us free will to say, if marriage doesn't work for you, that's not what the word of God said. The word of God says a man that, that we are one flesh. Therefore, a man should leave his mother and father and cleave to his wife. So when we say marriage, when we talk about sexual immorality, we're talking about all of the things that <clears throat> the world tries to make okay. Even Old Testament examples, when we talk, when we're telling our young people, you know, and, and our young people are starting to believe that all sex is not considered, you know, a sin. You're not having sexual intercourse, so you're not sinning. But in, 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 even in the Old Testament, in Genesis 19 and 4. But before they went to bed, the men of the city surrounded the house from boys to old men, all the people together. And they called out to Lot and they said to him, where are the men who entered to you in the night? Bring them out here so that we may know them. Therefore the Lord rained upon Sodom and Gomorrah sulfur and fire from the Lord out of heaven. So he took those people out. They, those men back in the Bible days. They wanted to sleep with those men that were in Lot's house. Lot even offered his daughters to those men. Those men wanted those men to sleep with. 
So let's stop allowing the enemy to convince us of that that sexual intercourse is just a moment of pleasure spent with whomever you choose. Technically, it is our choice, but without God, the choice will present problems that you yourself cannot fix. For example, trying to trying to force a young man or a young woman to step up to the plate after a, a, a baby is born out of wedlock. Not saying that some of them will not do it, but when you start trying to trying to force them, telling them now you got to get married. Because you've done this. This is how you fix it. But God has to be at the midst. He has to be. Jesus has to be the cornerstone of that decision. It's not like. Okay I made a mistake. I didn't pay my bill. Now I'm going to pay it. And get it caught up. These, the things that we do. That's contrary to God's will. We can't fix them. The way the world fixed problems. We have to really get it right with God. That means put him first. How do we how do we put him first? I mentioned earlier about saying marriage is just a piece of paper. Now I was looking online and that is so that is so far from the truth. Marriage is a covenant. And a covenant is based on trust between two parties. A contract is based on distrust. Because people can break contracts all the time. I know I know you're probably saying, oh, people can get divorced too. You know, da, 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 da. That's true. But when, like I just mentioned, but when God is involved, when God is involved, and it's a true covenant, there's trust. A covenant is based on unlimited responsibility. A contract is based on limited liability. See, it's clauses, it's disclaimers in contracts that's put there to, to uh, take away some of, some of the responsibilities of a certain party. You know, maybe you assign a, a lease agreement to, to rent an apartment. And they say we're not liable uh, for, in the contract it says we're not liable for uh, your property being damaged or, or anything. You know, some something to that effect. But that's not, that's not true in the covenant of marriage. So it's not just a piece of paper. It's not just a contract. A, con a covenant cannot be broken if new circumstances occur. A contract can be voided by mutual consent. So, we have treated marriage so disrespectfully that we believe we can end marriages on any problem that we have. Hey, we get we having financial difficulties. 
Uh, we, we're not getting along. You know, now you're in marriages on irreconcilable differences. But Jesus said the only way you can end marriage is if the marriage bed has been defiled. <clears throat> like I said, I'm giving you scripture. I'm not giving you something that I'm thinking about. I want you to think about what we're doing in today's society. When we make everything okay, that is not okay with God. Therefore, the marriage covenant between a man and a woman is a comprehensive and permanent commitment. This type of marriage covenant was ordained by God to provide believers with a picture of Christ's love and relationship to his church. So, when we look at that, we got to think about, you know, how do we how do we say that we have a relationship with Christ when we're not truly experiencing his love? That's why we're in fear a lot of times. I found this on the web. I'm trying I, I'm trying to understand how do we think how do we think that we <coughs> can be a part of Christ's love when we're not treating him the way that we should and I, I truly believe and I'm going to say this and yes this is coming from me I truly believe that mistreating marriage is mistreating Christ it's mistreating yourself why do you want the headache of being in a loveless loveless marriage and the reason why I'm talking about sexual immorality and sex before marriage because the church, I said church is not the answer. The church is a spotless and blameless bride that Christ will return to claim as his own. That's why he, he tells you to be pure before you get married. Because it's like... When you were little, did you like sharing all of your clothes with with uh with your sisters and your brother? Would you would you want to put on the underwear of another person after they have worn those underwear? So when you have a, a spotless bride, not saying that we can't get it right, we can't repent, but I'm just I'm just looking at the point of The many people 
that you are with and what that should say to us in our spirit. You're with those same people when you connect with a person that's been with 20, 30 partners. That means you've been with 20 or 30 partners. And in the moment of pleasure, you're not thinking in that that sense. You're not thinking about that. It's like, it's like a contagious disease. That's why sexually transmitted diseases, it's like a plague. And then if you, if you, if you have sex with somebody that has a sexually transmitted disease, they give it to you, you give it to somebody else. And those are not just pregnancy. You got to think about those things. Somebody can have a sexually transmitted disease and they won't even tell you. But they'll still connect with you. So now they've transmitted that disease to you. You you don't know, so you're transmitting it to somebody else. And what does that create? That's why I said earlier, it's like the enemy. He's tearing us to pieces because we don't think about everything in the moment of of feeling good. <clears throat> the Bible likens the church to a bride because a bride is a person, a real thing, not a place or a thing. Read Luke 17 and 20. I don't have time. 17 and 20. I don't have time to read these scriptures. Christ lived in obedience until death. Obedience is that key word. Philippians 2, 3, and 5. Read that. Christ died for us, not because we are so good. Jesus' bride is, so that means Jesus' bride is not proud, but she's prideful. And then we get to Christ rose from the dead to defeat death. He he rose from the dead to defeat the death. To defeat depth of the spirit. Do you know that when you do not trust the person you are with to protect your heart. When you are willing to divulge private information about yourself. To someone that you think loves you. And then they, they're willing to divulge that information about you to hurt you. When you complain about the person that you're with more than you uplift them. When you argue with that person more than you find ways to grow with that person. These things are are, are, are depth to your spirit. You want me to say that again? When you do not trust the person you are with to protect your heart. Why do you want to connect and become one with that person? When you are willing to divulge private information about your partner to hurt them, why do you want to be with somebody that you're willing to say, oh, he or she's not good in bed, or he or she, I didn't like him no way, or he or she she was broke, he or she lives with their mother. All of this private information to embarrass that person. 
you're willing to divulge it to hurt them. When you complain about a person, oh, he's sorry, she's sad, she's not a real woman, he's not a real man. Instead of uplifting them. When you're willing to pick a fight every day instead of saying, we need to figure out how we're going to do this together and grow together because this becomes a partnership. When you become one, you become partners with a person. So when you're willing to connect with somebody on that level, it should be somebody you truly love. And 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 now let's and, and think about this. Do you know that the time spent with someone you can't see yourself committing to, it takes a piece of your life away? Now I want to prove this. But he joined to the but to be he who joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee from sexual immorality, every other sin a person commit is outside the body, but the sexual immoral person sins against his own body. So when 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 God knocks and he wants to enter and break bread with you. He doesn't want to enter a nasty house. He doesn't want to share share a home with a nasty person. So guys, I hope that I said something that would cause you to go and seek God for yourself so that you can find out that he is telling you to get it right, to get it together, to figure this thing out so that you will have peace and joy and happiness on this time side of life. So guys, now I want to get into the no cap spill of my segment of my podcast and I'm going to talk about our young people and I'm one of the ones that I look at my young people I look at our young people and I say you know it's scary how they carry themselves it's it's kind of uh Sad how they think, how they move, but I want to say this. I fought us. I fought us as the older people, as the more mature people, because we, parents, uh, other adults, teachers, we're not encouraging our young people. We, we're always uh, fussing at them 
more than we are teaching and showing them. Most of all, showing them that they can do anything that they want, but it needs to be in decent. It needs to be decent and in order. And we have to make sure that we are that our lives are in order because we tell these young people to do some things that we ourselves are not even remotely thinking about doing. Our older women want to still be young. They party like they're still young. And I know we may say we can't say anything to these young people, but we can. It's not what we say, it's how we say it. And I think it's just, we're so accustomed to, I have to say it in, in this way to get their attention. And, and yes, you, you have to be firm, but you should make sure that you're not pushing these young people further away from God, not from you, because we think more about ourselves then we're thinking about we're here to serve God, not not serve ourselves. And I think we miss that with our young people. We think if this young person is not listening to me, uh, they're bullheaded and 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 they they just they're gonna be uh, they're doomed. Their life is doomed. It's over. They have no hope. But we have to remember that we were young and we were stubborn and we were bullheaded and we didn't listen all the time. We weren't as as disrespectful as some of our young people are today, but we still were stubborn because we still did a lot of things and made a lot of mistakes and we did not listen. Just like these young people are just the nuances of the change that's going on in the world. Because common truths are being watered down on different social media websites and people have their platforms and they have voices and they're using their voices to voice their opinions. And so it's getting to our young people. Look on YouTube. I mean, think about YouTube. If you watch people's YouTube channels and the things that they say and how they how they put out false information, and we have a lot of of, of websites on Google where it, it, they put a lot of clickbait out there. They they their titles say something that's gonna pique your curiosity, and you're gonna press that button, and you're gonna read, and you're gonna and you're gonna say, "Wow!" Because I was, I was, uh, I could say, and that's why I say we can't just knock our young people. Because I read an article uh, on the Britney Griner case because I wasn't following it. I was hearing them, you know, talk about it, make a big deal about it, but I, I ignored it. And then I, I decided to 
look at an article one day and it was talking about she was a target because she's an LBGTQ advocate and she's a lesbian. So Putin targeted her because Putin's agenda is to stop this this he he believes that you know America and places like the Ukraine is creating this decadent culture where we're just doing any and everything and he he was it was stated that he supposedly is a traditional person he believes in the old fashioned way of doing things now and I was talking to a guy at work about it and he was like that's not true. So, how do we know what's true when the internet and anybody can put so much information out there because they want, they're making money off of this. They're, you know, they may do a small amount of research and then they put that information out there and we see it, we believe it, we, we, even, we even talk, say it ourselves. And I don't, and I read it and I was like, could that be true? But I was looking at it from a standpoint of, uh, that's, that's part of the reason why a lot of countries hate America. Because we are this country that is creating this decadent culture where we're characterizing everything that God hates as things that he accepts and things that he loves and things that he tolerates. And it's so far fetched and it's not true. So even with our young people, how can we tell them anything when we're not encouraging them by our example, by our actions? Listen to how Paul talked to Timothy, a young man of the gospel. He said, let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. So he didn't say, he didn't stop at, don't let no one despise your youth. He said, be an example. So he said, if God has given you this, this awesome gift, be an example. Basically, don't be prideful. Don't don't look at it like I'm young and I'm doing this and I, I got this and I'm doing this. He said, be an example to the believers in the word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. So it's not about despising our youth. It's about what example are we setting and what are we saying to our young people? Because even me, I look at our young people and I say, man, a lot of them are on drugs. They don't want to work. They don't have no ambition. And I'm just looking at it. And I'm saying to myself, but is it our fault? What are we doing? What examples are we setting?
So, like I say, I'm I'm not. I don't want you to shoot the messenger. Don't think about oh, she's saying this, she's saying that. I give you scripture every time, not because I'm a preacher, because I'm not a preacher. I'm giving you scripture because I want you to know that what I'm saying is for the up, uplift, upkeep of the kingdom, to uplift the kingdom, to bring the kingdom to life. Because the kingdom is going to reign anyway. No matter what we do, how long we're on this time side of life, the kingdom will reign. God's kingdom, that is. God's kingdom will reign. So we can say all day that this person is saying this, this person is saying that. But God's kingdom, that's what we should be about. That's We should be about his business, kingdom business. And that means getting out, grabbing our young people and bringing them back and taking them back from the enemy. This is spiritual warfare. And we got to figure out a strategy. We got to, and it's not, and the strategy is not telling them that everything that they do is okay. Tell it, the, the strategy is telling them the truth. But in love. So what did Paul do? He encouraged them. He said, don't let anyone despise your youth. But be an example in word, in love, in spirit, and in purity. That means make sure that whatever you're telling people and whatever you're doing, that you're putting every effort into doing it yourself. Because our kids can't see us doing one thing and telling them to do another. That's not going to work. So, guys, I love you. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Keep listening, and I'm going to keep bringing the truth. God may not be there when you want to, but he'll be there in the nick of time. Let's reprogram our thinking. Let's get back to love. Let's recover the life that the devil is trying to steal from us each and every day that we put our feet to the ground and move on this earth. Love you guys again, and God loves you as well. Peace.